you want more from yourself, you're going to have to expect a little less from yourself in certain areas. When something big is going on in your personal life, you might do less work or work differently, and that will be okay. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Hey there, it's your gal Carly. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by my private coaching practice. So if you like what you hear on the Messy Magnificent podcast and you're thinking, geez Louise, I want to experience how Carly and her clients all have more time and less stress, head on over to carlyfane.com, click the start here button and apply for a chance for you and I to hop on the phone one-on-one. And here's what we're going to do. First, we're going to clear some busy work off your plate so that you have more space to breathe. And then we're going to create a step-by-step plan to make sure you can rise in your career, health, and relationships while being deeply nourished. That's carlyfane.com. Click the start here button and you and I could be talking very soon. Okay, check this out. When I took a peep at our podcast stats this week, I realized that since launching Messy and Magnificent only three months ago, we've already had 3,000 listeners from 17 countries, and this is huge. There is no way we would be growing this fast without two things. Number one, you. (laughs) First of all, it's you. Thank you for everybody who listens into the podcast and then shares it on your social media or tells a girlfriend who you think might appreciate an episode about it. We rise well together. And the second thing that is allowing this podcast to do well is all the things that I'm about to share with you today about how to keep having professional growth even when you have a personal life to manage. Because none of us live in a vacuum. We are real human beings. And that means, just like you, I have a life where there are ups and downs and there are gifts and challenges going on personally. And so once upon a time, when things were tough in my personal life, it really derailed my focus and it caused me to feel pulled in a lot of directions. But there's an approach that my clients and I use now And I have a hunch that it might be helpful for you. Or maybe you know somebody who really cares about their career or they need to show up for their job, but they're going through something tough personally. And they might appreciate what we're about to talk to. Because recently I have had a number of clients reach out to me and share that they've got something really challenging going on in their personal lives. So for one of my clients, it was the sudden loss of a family member. And for a different person, it was the ending of a long-term relationship. And then I have a client actually just two weeks ago who just realized that she's ready for a new job. She's been in the same career for a long time. And now that she's had the aha that it's time to move on, she is feeling super impatient in her current job. And she's having a really hard time focusing there. And she wants to do good work until she's gone, right? So she's just perplexed by this whole thing. 
And I don't know why this is all coming up at once. Maybe it was related to episode 12. So episode 12 was the episode I did about giving ourselves permission to rest and then how to actually have the time to rest. And in that episode, I shared about the sudden passing of my former fiance, Adam, a few years ago and how in his passing, I was no longer able to do all the things in my career that I used to be able to do and how not only did my career not fall apart, things actually got a lot better. So today I want to talk about that. If you can relate to this sense of, you know, just minding your own business, going about your day and boom, something happens in your personal life and it throws you for a loop. And while generally you care a lot about your work, you're finding that right now your heart's just not in it. You have other things taking up your time or your mental space. And also you do still need to go to work right? You can't just take unlimited time off for your job, or maybe you have other people that count on you outside of work. So in other words, the stuff's hitting the fan in your personal life. And just because part of your world is changing, it doesn't mean that you want your work world to fall apart. So no matter the territory of challenges that are happening in your personal life, we still want to know that we're doing our best at work. And some of that is because we really care about being a good employee or a good boss. And some of that is because we need the income, right? Maybe you can't afford to slack off when there's trouble. And as somebody who runs their own business, I can relate to that. So even if my personal life is tricky, I still need to work for a living. So today we're going to talk about four specific pillars that women who are able to keep on showing up to do their best work, even when life is throwing your curveballs, this is what they know. These four pillars, these are their secret sauce. This is the way they get things done while also tending to what needs attention outside of the office. And I call them pillars because they're mindsets that act like pillars and that they are the sturdy support that we all need to hold us up and keep us steady during tough times. Because there's something about being human that means that there will be tough times. So if you've ever had a heartbreak or a challenge and wondered how to not let everything else fall apart at the same time at work, this episode might be your jam. You can expect to walk away with a new way of approaching your work that allows you to get to what needs your attention both at work and in your personal life without feeling pulled in 10 directions. So I want to give a quick shout out here at the top of this episode to a woman named Sabrina who sent me a private message. And Sabrina said, hello, Carly. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank you. I have been heeding your advice for a long time. And ever since the Messy and Magnificent podcast, you have been hitting it out of the park. You have helped me to realize that I can make my dreams come true and... I can give myself the permission to breathe as well as set up the perfect boundaries. I appreciate everything you teach us hardworking women and men. Being successful isn't easy, but you make it okay to say that I am messy and magnificent. Ah, Sabrina, I love being in this type of conversation with you. And for everybody who's listening in, who is posting on social media, putting reviews up on iTunes, sending me private messages. And it's interesting because I, I sit here in the recording studio making these episodes, and yet it is entirely my intention that this is an ongoing dialogue between all of us that makes us all richer and more wise for knowing each other and being able to have these types of meaningful conversations. And to hear you, Sabrina, say that you're a hardworking woman who has been able to set up some boundaries, woohoo! 
(laughs) That is a cause for celebration. So thank you for sharing this with me. Thank you for everybody who's leaving reviews on iTunes or wherever you listen in. Please keep them coming. I'm about to head to New York City next week to record some more episodes in the studio there. And I'd love to give you a shout out live on the next recording. So what do you say we get into these four pillars to keep you sturdy in your career when you're facing a personal challenge? And these four pillars, I kind of think of them almost like Lego blocks in that they build upon each other. So I am about to go over them with you in a very specific order, meaning that number two will build upon number one and number three will build upon the first two and so on as we go through each four. That said, you might find that one of these really stands out to you. And I am a big believer in, especially for us high achievers, that trying to learn it all, all the time is exhausting. That if you just walk away from this episode with one helpful insight, it's enough. (laughs) That is plenty. So keep an eye out for the one insight that really particularly speaks to you. And I'm going to want to hear about it. So. Pillar number one to keep you sturdy in your career when you're facing a personal challenge. Women who are able to do that know this. When something has changed, you change the way you do some things. I'm going to say that again. When something has changed, you change the way you do some things. You see, the shortcut to feeling behind or overwhelmed or like you're underperforming, it's to expect yourself to behave the same way every day when things are not the same. That doesn't make any sense. You're not a robot. You're a human being. And if you want more from yourself, you're going to have to expect a little less from yourself in certain areas. I want to say this out loud. When something big is going on in your personal life, you might do less work or work differently, and that will be okay. It will be okay. And I will explain specifically how that will be okay when we get to the fourth pillar. I promise you, I'm actually going to guide you through that. I'm not just saying it. I'm not like one of those memes that says, follow your dreams. I'm much more interested in telling you how to follow your dreams. So we're going to, we're going to get there. I promise. But the first mindset here, this basic pillar is to stop acting like everything's normal because it's not. Oh, my dear, brave, wonderful woman, if I could do anything for you during a time of challenge, it would be for us to sip some tea together on the sofa and just say to you, hey, this feels hard because it is. You are not a robot. Things are different right now. So expect to behave or feel or perform differently. And this is not the way that business has been run for centuries, right? We've been taught to see ourselves as work us and not work us. And the truth is you're not fragments. You're one whole being. And the way you show up for work impacts your personal life and vice versa. And that is normal and it is healthy and it is appropriate. So pillar number one to stay sturdy in your career when you're facing a personal challenge is to know that when something has changed, you will change the way you do some things. That is appropriate, it is normal, it is healthy, and your world will not fall apart. And we're going to go over even more of that. 
So pillar number two that women who were able to be sturdy in their career when they're facing a personal challenge know is that they give themselves permission to feel it, to grieve, or maybe to fury, or to rage, or to feel fear or doubt. Let it in. We allow ourselves to feel it. It might be a messy sensation, especially for those of us who really prefer to have things under control. (laughs) If you could raise your hand, you would see that my hand is raised too. Like I really prefer things that fit into a nice Excel spreadsheet, or at least I used to really prefer that. But what we've come to find here is that when we stuff these emotions down, they're like boogeymen. They thrive in dark secret closets. So we can ignore them, but in the back of our mind, the script of whatever challenge you're feeling is going to be running in the back of our head all day long. And that is exhausting. You don't need me to tell you how draining it is to be actively trying to ignore something all day long, right? It takes a lot of energy. So we give ourselves permission to feel it. We let it be there. Studies have shown that a human being is actually only capable of feeling one specific emotion for a maximum of 20 minutes. So the number one fear I get from women who say to me, like, Carly, I I can't, I can't slow down and feel this thing because it's going to be so big. And then I'm afraid I'm never going to get off the sofa again. I'm afraid that if I let myself be sad, I'm going to be sad so deeply forever and that I'm never going to get it back together again. And that's not a real thing. (laughs) That's part of the myth. That is part of being isolated in what we're going through. And it might be a self-imposed isolation in that we tell ourselves that we can't talk about this with anybody or that we can't feel it because it will be too big for you to handle. And you got to give yourself a little bit more respect than that. So in whatever way this would be possible for you, we want to start to allow you to feel what you're actually feeling. This will allow the emotion to run through you and then leave you alone for a little while. Not that it might not resurface. It might come back again later on, especially in big challenging times, right? But that you'll get a little bit of respite when you actually allow yourself to feel it. And if you're wondering, okay, how do I do that? How do I gently let myself feel things and not lose total focus? You might really dig episode number one of this podcast where I went over the one word that elevates everything you do, right? That one word is and. Right, I am feeling this really difficult thing and I'm able to focus on this part of my work right now. Or I am feeling this really difficult thing and I'm able to eat a meal right now that'll give me a little bit more energy and a little bit more nourishment. So we just want to make sure another way of phrasing this is that we don't slip into what I call inappropriate optimism. That when something bad happens, we don't automatically decide that we're going to be hopeful and it's going to be fine and we're just going to ignore it. Right. Or we also don't catastrophize it. We don't make it any bigger. We let it be what it actually is. We give ourselves permission to feel it. So pillar number one, when something has changed, we change the way we do some things. We expect things to be different when things are different. Number two, permission to feel it, whatever that looks like for you. Now, pillar number three, that women who are able to stay sturdy in their career when they're facing a personal challenge and know all this already, is that they tend to their foundation. The foundation of your career is you. It's you. It's always been you. 
right? This is why when things are going great in your personal life, you might have extra mojo to apply to your work. And when things are feeling hard in your personal life, you might find you have a little less oomph at work and maybe you feel distracted or foggy or not as present. You are the most important part of your career. Your physical body, your mental game, your sense of energy are vital to your work performance, right? So when you have to rise to the occasion, we also have to root into our foundation. When you have to rise to the occasion, we also have to root in our foundation. So this means that prioritizing the foundational basics of what your body needs just became part of your professional strategy. This means focusing on making sure that you eat something that you get to rest. Maybe you can't sleep through the night right now. I've been there, right? So maybe you just need an extra 10 minutes here and there to just chill out with your headphones on and listen to music sitting in a window, right? Like you might not be getting sleep, but you've got to build in some restful moments and you've got to move your body. We know that the movement of our body helps facilitate emotions running through us, not being stuck and stagnant within us and taking up a lot of energy, but moving right through us. So this kind of goes back to this idea of not being fragmented. We're building upon this concept here that your personal well-being, your physical body is part of your professional growth strategy. And when the stuff has just hit the fan and you don't know where to begin, we begin with the foundational things you need, like eating and drinking water and moments of rest and moving your body. Whatever that looks like for you, going for a walk, tranking up the tunes and dancing it out, unrolling your yoga mat and doing a little stretch session, whatever it is that provides a little bit more nourishment to your body so that you will have more energy and focus for work. And I don't know what it is about during times of challenge or grief that makes us want to skip all the things that we know helps us. But if you really want to be present in your career, we don't skip that stuff. We go there. We go to the foundation. Here's another way of of saying this, because I'm being very specific about the needs of your body, but I want to really invite you to be able to ask yourself the question, what do I need right now? What do I need to sustain this thing that I am processing at the same time that I'm expecting myself to show up for work? Because I think a lot of the pressure that happens here is that we feel Like we have to keep going at the same pace, even though we're holding more weight than normal. And then we're judging ourselves for not being able to do it all. And the more responsible thing to do here is to be able to say to ourselves, what do I need right now? So if you can't focus, if you can't be clear, if you don't know what to do next, to dare to ask yourself, what do I need? Do I need to call somebody? Do I need to read a piece of poetry? Do I need to watch a YouTube video? Do I need to... Go for that walk that I was talking about. What do I need right now? So we're replacing judgment for not performing the same with self-compassion and a willingness to consider, okay, if I don't know how to handle this thing or I don't know how to focus on this thing, what do I need right now to make that 3% more possible? So number three, you tend to your foundation. Now, number four is that we leverage this as a sacred interruption. 
This is actually an opportunity to increase your efficiency and productivity at work hand over fist. And I'm going to take you through a very specific exercise that's going to help you be far more efficient at work, get far more done in less time, and continue to see great results without you having to do so much. So you might remember from that episode 12 where I talked about Adam's passing that I was in such a state of grief that there was just no freaking way I could do all the things. And I was a person who always did all the things. And I was terrified. I was terrified that if I didn't do everything I was used to doing and then some, that my business would fall apart. And not only did my business not fall apart, but when I did a whole lot less, we actually made more revenue and had more good quality clients that year than ever before. And that didn't happen by magic. It happened by a very specific method. And I want to share that method with you right now. We call this the 80-20 principle. And this is not new to me. Like I didn't create this principle. It's actually named for um, Vilfredo Pareto, who was an economist back in the 1800s, who observed that 80% of the income in Italy was coming from about 20% of the Italian population. And he started to notice that there was this 80-20 rule happening across the board in a lot of ways, where 80% of our work would only result in about 20% of our success and vice versa. The other 20% of our work was actually leading to about 80% of our success. And ever since then, business schools and economists and even environmentalists have been applying this principle and watching how it really makes a difference. So I'm going to take you through exactly how to use this and why this moment of challenge in my practice, we call it a sacred interruption. It's a sacred interruption because there you were minding your business, just trying to do the normal things and boom, life is not normal. You've been interrupted. And this interruption could be a beautiful moment to leverage a more efficient way of working so that you've got more free time and all the important things still get done. So here is how we apply the 80-20 rule. I want you to grab a piece of paper and you're just going to draw a line right down the center of it from top to bottom. So now you've got a left column and a right column. You've got two columns. And on the top of the left column, you're going to write down all of the work activities that you do on a pretty regular basis each week. So these are the pretty standard things you do each week. That might look like I send emails, I prepare a certain report, I talk to clients, or I mail things out, or whatever it is, I cook meals, you know, whatever you do for your job. You're going to write all the things that you do pretty consistently down on the left-hand side. And just do a big old brain dump without any judgment. We're just taking stock of what you do, right? So you're going to write all that down on the left-hand side. And then on the right-hand side, I want you to think back over the past year or so about the moments that have felt like professional wins, the things that stand out as highlights, the moments that were felt like a successful hit happened. So that might be, hey, I gave this presentation and it went over really well, or I was offered a new job, or I was offered a raise, or we you know, had a great article come out about our company in the newspaper, whatever it is, right? So take a moment to write down the wins you've had, the things that obviously stand out because they went well 
last year. So now you've got two columns going, right? The left side is your weekly tasks, the things you do at least on a weekly basis pretty consistently. And then on the right side are your wins. Now you're going to begin to draw some lines. You are going to connect the lines from the left side, the activities you're doing, to the wins that you had. So for example, If you did a great job on a presentation at work, that was your big win and it went over really well. You might draw a line from having pitched your new idea to your boss. So on the left side, you were pitching some ideas and on the right side was that win, right? That would have never happened if you hadn't pitched the ideas. And so you're going to draw a line there, right? So take a moment and draw a line from all of the things that you've done to what has actually led to the wins. And then we lean back and we look at the areas, the actual tasks and activities that are giving you the best results because those just became your new priorities. So let me give you an example of this. This was a very concrete one that happened for for me here and in my business. We do this on at least an annual basis, at least once a year we do this. And it's really something that we're talking about doing on a quarterly basis. But on an annual basis, when we did this for last year, for 2019, I had all my tasks written down and then our wins. And one of the wins was launching this podcast, right? So the launch of this podcast just felt like a great success to us. Now we get to be in more conversation with more women and, and and it's going great. And so I looked down at what were the things that allowed this podcast to happen. And I realized that there were some contacts in my life, some people in my life that when I interact with them on a regular basis, they always know who to direct me to. They always have a great person to connect me with. So connecting with key contacts helped me create the podcast. It helped me find Ginny Media and Metro Podcast Studios and the great team that helps build this podcast. I would have never been able to do that by myself. And that happened because I knew who to call when it was time for us to consider making a podcast. So nurturing some professional connections is the task or activity, and it led to the win of the podcast being out. Let me give you an example of where we were going astray where I was actually wasting a bunch of worry and time not being efficient because we thought it was important. And it turns out when we looked at the wins, it wasn't. So one of the things that we've been wanting to do for a long time is we're transitioning from one website to another. We've been building a a better website for teaching online courses, but my existing website still exists. So right now there's two websites and it's really draining me. I don't like the idea that there's two sites. I want it cleaned up. I want to have made the switch over possible. But when I looked back over the wins from last year, I realized nobody flipping cares what my website looks like. (laughs) Like it's great that it looks nice, but nobody actually cares that much. It just needs to be functional. It needs to be an easy place for people to reach out and connect with me, but it does not need to have all the bells and whistles. And I realized, oh my gosh, this does not need to be a priority right now. It felt important because Everything freaking feels important to us high achievers, but the reality was it wasn't that important. So I now know connecting with certain key people leads to our wins. Having the perfect website doesn't really matter. That's one less thing that we need to do right now. So I encourage you to do this exercise for yourself. Do not just think about it in the car. (laughs) Do not just think about it while you're on the subway. Actually take out a piece of paper, spend 10 minutes especially during a time of challenge to get clear about which few tasks, which 20% of your work, if you did that, 
would make all the difference in the world. And in that way, this challenging thing that's coming up for you will have at least some silver lining within it. There will be the gift that it is the thing that is the sacred interruption that is causing you to get really clear about what matters to you and then letting go of the things that get in the way. So as I quick go over the recap of these four, I want you to pay attention. Which of these four pillars really speaks to me right now? So the four things that keep us sturdy in our career when we're facing a personal challenge are number one, when something has changed, we change the way we do some things. We know that we're not a robot. We actually adapt when life calls for it. Number two, we give ourselves permission to feel it in real time, to let the emotion run through our body so that it can let it out of our system for a moment and we can focus on other things. Number three, we tend to our foundation. If we want to rise through this, we've got a root within ourselves. So we make sure that our basic physical body is getting the essential nourishment it needs, at least water, food, rest, and some movement. And then number four, we leverage this as a sacred interruption. And we do the 80-20 principle so that we can at least get more efficiency and productivity out of this time that not only will serve us right now in the immediate, but for the long haul. So I want to know from you, of those four pillars, which one really stands out to you? Which one feels like, ooh, that gets my mind thinking, or I feel like I could apply that right now. Remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. When things have changed, we are changed. We will be different when things are different, and that is appropriate and normal and healthy. So keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself, and I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.